0: Our text today is Shut uh, Igrot Moshe Yeridei Chelik Gimel Simon Kufiyu Daled. This is a truva from 5736. Uh, so we're in um, right Chavked Al Rishon. So we're in 1976. It's a famous truva, Bidvar Pirush HaTorah Yuchus Rabbeinu Chassid, in which Rav Moshe asserts that in uh, a book which is publishing from manuscript, the commentary attributed to Rabbeinu Chassid contains. Uh, forged interpolations which assert that there are post-Mosaic insertions in the Torah. Uh, I'm not really interested in evaluating whether a Moshe is correct or not Um, if you want a good summary of the evidence against, uh, you can read uh, Dr. Mark Shapiro's Limits of Orthodox theology uh, there is a list of sources on page 101, note 73 Uh, there are also articles about, I believe also one by Dr. Shapiro uh, about the character of the uh, of the person who was trying to publish it, a very uh, laudatory um, version, and um, in Yeshiva there was a story that Professor Lyman had been in with Rav Moshe and said that if he had another half hour he would have convinced Rav Moshe it was authentic, but that really is not my issue in this podcast. Uh, I will say, I guess, tangentially in this regard, that the Yeshiva contains one of my favorite lines of Rav Moshe, which is important um, to know, um, because in the context of rejecting the claim that the Parsha is post Mosaic, uh Rabbi Moshe says, And Rabbi concludes, <laughs> and so the says that, that the book of Yitzchaki is worthy of burning because he makes this allegation. And Rav Moshe says, So Rav Moshe already passed in this. So on the the ongoing conversation about whether Rav Ezra is a halachic source, it, um, Rav Moshe comes down clearly on the claim that Rav Ezra is. Um, but, uh, of course, this tshuva, um which Rav Moshe already writes, it's hard for me to respond because of Chul Shasi. This is a tshuva on Hashkafah, and Rav Moshe on Hashkafah is not... Um, not, I think, as sensitive, I guess I would say, as he is on issues that are pure halacha, assuming you accept uh, the distinction. There are other uh, tshuvot about matters of belief that where he seems to be you know, more prone to reject positions out of hand. And so although he uses the language of ni amer here, it's not clear that it should fit into our general pattern. Um, we can question whether it's, whether it's really a standard example. Uh, I also want to say up front that this, uh, this installment is a little bit later than it should be it should have been out last week and that's because i spent hours and hours um trying to understand one phrase in the part of Rav Moshe's Triva that i'm interested in and um totally failed last week um i think i have it now but i'm very attentive i'm going to tell you uh when i read it um where i think that i what i think Rav Moshe means but i'm not at all sure i'm correct and i encourage any of you who have alternative uh, alternate readings to um to email me at monitorileadership at gmail.com or on my Facebook page and tell me uh, that I was wrong and why. Okay, um, so this is a um, written to Rav Daniel Levy of uh, the Av Beznav Kilo Thadati Yashurud um, B'Tzirich, as we've already talked about the subject, um, but we're interested in a sub-subject, in a subtopic, not the big issues about the claim that uh, the whole psukim or parshios, integrated but in the course of address uh, our post mosaic in the course of that conversation Rav Moshe addresses the role of Ezra and specifically the role of Ezra uh, for the dots um, over letters right not the nukudot that are the um, that are the pronunciation guides but the dots that are over letters uh, and that seemed to be um, in the ancient Near East I'm told right seemed to be um, I think my son calls them cancellation dots right dots that mean that you're supposed to erase this letter um, and that traditionally might or might not mean something related to that, as a, uh, right, that you're supposed to be able to read the text as if it has those letters, whether or not you think that, the let- that, uh, which is what we'll discuss, whether you think those letters, uh, that those dots indicate possible scribal errors. Uh, so in the course of that, Hr. Moshe says um, the following. Uh, right, he says, right, after he goes through uh, a series of, of arguments to tell you that even though um, the Gemara only says uh, right, that it's every... Uh, that that um that that's only chutzmi pasukze. that you can't claim that there's a that there's a verse in the torah which is not written by moshe but it's obvious um that the uh, the Ramam is correct when the ram says teva mm-hmm. achas um and even though the ram only says every word but really um really it's obvious so we get all the way from verses in the Gemara, to words in the Rambam, to letters in Hrev Moshe, and he thinks that's all obvious, but then he recognizes that there is, of course, uh, one f- famous problem with the kind uh, of letters. Um, it says, So if you put in one, if you leave out one letter or add in a letter, it's a puzzle, as the Rambam writes in Hilchus Sefer Terah, Perak Aleph, but famously that we don't know whether the alefs and ayans and yuds and other uh, letters that are added in as markers of vowels, uh, right we don't know whether we have them accurately or not. Therefore he says, So our Sefer Torah may not be kasher. Okay, all the theological issues about that and the conversation about, uh, right, Sefer Torah, Shomosha, Kashur, Pus, if it came up nowadays was different, Kashur, puzzle and why? beyond our uh, Beyond our conversation. Reb says, look, I concede, even though I just said, if you add a letter or subtract a letter, that Sefer Torah is puzzle and that it's a violation, and it's, it's of Kidvarashem Hashem uh, Biza, but the fact is, we may not have Kashur Sefer Torah. Ve'ika um, mitzad ze Ladina. And that creates a halachic nafkemina, which is shebishvil chaserus via that because of these those letters that um, only affect the only affect the, whether vowels are long or short, um, shine right? When there's no change in um, either the topic or the pronunciation, uh, leaving aside the question of those who follow Rabbi Wiener and uh, pronounce short and long vowels differently. Um, or how you, would, how you would handle that. Ein Motsi'en Sefer Torah Acharet. You don't bring out another Sefer Torah. Ked'iseh Brahma or Echaim Simen Kuf B'am if Seif Um As Rech's the Ramah writes there, and we should pull the language of the Ramah up um, here because I think it matters a little bit. Um, the language of the Ramah is not Ein Motsi'en Sefer Torah. The language of the Ramah is Ein L'Hotsi Acharet. Um, you should, right, which sounds stronger than uh, perhaps that ein motzi, which is descriptive. Ein lehotzi is very clearly prescriptive. You're not supposed to take it out. Now, that matters a great deal in the continuation of Rav Moshe. And this is the line that becomes um, that was deeply unclear to me. So I'll tell you what I think uh, what I think it means. Um, so Rav Moshe says, all "Right as the writes, the Hanikudot and even the dots in the Torah, but which again he means the the dots above letters like Lanu Vaneu and not um not not in the sense of uh, vowel markings right? there's no psul in the Torah whether or not you include the dots in the right places or you or you or you don't include the, or you put dots in the wrong places. Right? There's no we don't possibly say for Torah either way because of the presence or absence of dots. It says, Nami Asur, that is also forbidden. So what does also forbidden mean? So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, right, is Ramosha banning a claim that the dots are not part of the original Sefer Torah? Right, What exactly is Asur? And I finally decided, and you can decide if this is right or not, that Moshe means that it's um, that he understood um, as Ein Motzin Sefer Torah as a prohibition, of taking out another Sefer Torah, because maybe this Sefer Torah, even though it differs from our standardized text uh, in terms of a chaser or yeter, maybe it really is kasher, and maybe the next Sefer Torah is uh, I think, but for these purpose it has to matter that maybe this Sefer Torah is kasher so therefore, um, right, the fact that the next Sefer Torah is Puzzle wouldn't make much difference from my argument, um, so it, since it's kasher, therefore, I think Rav Moshe understood it, and some Akron can be read that way and some not it's usher to take out another Sefer Torah in order to replace this Sefer Torah because this Sefer Torah is not more puzzled than any other Sefer Torah would be. And Rehosh says the same is true, if I'm correct, the same is true about the dots because the dots don't um, don't affect kashas one way or the other, it would be a forbidden taking out of a Sefer Torah and, and putting aside of this Sefer Torah, which I think very likely the issue is less the taking out of the other Sefer Torah then the apparent assertion of this Sefer Torah is puzzle, when it's not, although Rav Moshe doesn't say that explicitly. So that's just like you're not supposed to take out another Sefer Torah because of a divergence of one of the letters that are just vowel markers, that are chaser and so too you're not supposed to take a Sefer Torah out. It's also to take a Sefer Torah out because of a dot. Assuming that's correct, then Rav Moshe goes on to say, I am the Piskei Menachos, Simen, Reshlam, Aleph, where it says, Kishikasav Ezra im Moshe lama Ashiv lomachakti. So that statement seems very clearly to assign the dots to Ezra, and in my reading that makes a lot of sense because since the dots are Ezraic as opposed to Mosaic, so therefore you um, right they don't affect the kasher of the Sefer Torah. But now Reb Moshe says, who b'risa be'Avos This bright quoted by Piskei and is also in the Das Kenim, um is um a version of a bright the found in Avot Rabinasan. Um but there of Moshe it says Mutas, right? So it's not just the Rabina Khasi that has that has uh, that has a forgery, but there's also an erroneous Girsa in um in Avot Rabiratan. because there it says, Amar Ezra, Ezra said, I meavo Iliyahu, Vyomar ali Mipne Machasaftakach, Omerani Lok Varna Katialehan um, if Eliyahu comes Marli uh, and and someone says to me, why did you write this? I will say and I wrote. I I already have a dot on them And Marli. If it says you wrote well, right, So that text sounds like Ezra uh, is unsure about the letters under right, the letters over which the uh, the dots are placed. And so and the simple reading of the text is Elio comes and asks him, uh, why did you write it? When it's not really in the cipher? it doesn't really belong, and he'll say, look, I put a dot over it. And if he says, you wrote well, I'll say, look, you know, I only put a dot over it. But the thing is that this is not talking about chaseros and yaseros. The dots over it are over entire words that really change the meaning of the uh, the Torah, and Rav Moshe is not prepared, if I'm reading him correctly, to allow that kind of doubt to enter into it. So the big variant is that in the version of Menachot, Ezra, ask, um, right, Ezra puts the nekuda in and says, If Moshe asks me, why did you put the dot in? I can explain why I put the dot in. And that is not going to bother him much. He's going to have a way of explaining that that doesn't directly raise the. Um, doesn't call, that doesn't make the dot be an issue of whether the letter should be there or not. Um, whereas the version in Avod um says, Why did you write this? which suggests that. Uh, the issue is whether the letter should be there or not, and that, Ramosha says, is impossible. You can't ask, why did he write the letters in the Torah? Because Moshe wrote them down, and even though there's doubt about Haserus and Haserus, Rav Moshe does not allow the entrance of doubt about letters that make a difference to meaning um, or pronunciation, and therefore, uh, because he's saying that these letters weren't written by Kodesh Baruch Hu, or even if you think that the dots came later than Moshe, that Hashem changed his mind, all that is possible. Uh, but he says, furthermore, And if you're not supposed to write them, what does putting a dot change anything? The Seifu is puzzle anyway. So for all these reasons, Rav Moshe rejects the girsa of Mipnei Kusav And then he says, And here's our phrase, And here's our phrase, Take a look at the B'nin Yeshua, and you'll see that the B'nin Yeshua writes things that are not, that cannot be said. Uh, a number of lines later, he says, V'chasslan lomar v'shar'i le'lomari lev'al B'ni Yeshua. May God forbid, the author of Yeshua Falk of the B'nin Yeshua, who is a quite uh, established figure, uh, for saying this. Now, um, Ben Yeshua actually quotes what he says from uh, from his Rebbe. He actually has a Masoret. So right, there's a long line, it seems, of people that Rav Moshe is rejecting about this detail as well. Um, but the question is, what exactly uh, is it that the Ben Yishuv says, which is not, uh, which Moshe finds unacceptable? So I originally thought, uh, mistakenly, that the difference in the Gersoas was based on, in the first, in the first version, the version of Moshe says is correct. It's Eliyahu who comes and asks Ezra, and the second version, it's Moshe. Uh, sorry, the first version is Moshe who comes and asks Ezra, and Moshe is entitled to ask questions about changes in the Torah. But what is Elio doing coming and asking Ezra? But that turned out to be completely wrong, uh, because the first thing that the Bin Yeshua says about the Girsa in the um about the Girsa in the is that even though the text says uh Vim yavo Elio uh, Vyomarli, Elio comes and says to me that we can divide the avo and the Yomer. what it really means is that Elio comes and revives Moshe. And then um, and then Moshe asks these questions to Ezra. So in both versions, it's Moshe asking the questions. Eliyahu is just a hechitimsa for tchias amesim, so that um, because otherwise, how could Moshe and Ezra be in the same place? Uh, so that really confused me because now it like because obviously the Ben Yoshua is not trying to say anything heretical, uh, but it turns out the B'ni, what the Ben Yoshua um, says and many figures later. Um, construct versions of um, of this argument without getting into the problem of Moshe, says uh, right, Revelyo Baruch Shulman at YU has a version of this as well, which is to claim that the um, the dots over the letters are intended to prevent a misreading in some way. Gamar has a whole discussion about what the meaning of the pasach is, uh, what the dots letters are, right? when, are when does God punish Nisraot, before the Ardain, after the Ardain, uh, etc., so the um the claim is that they're intended to um the dots are intended to change the meaning, and since there's a machlokus in the gemara about what exactly the dots intend um so that right so it could be that there's a question of whether you should have written the dots because they create or clear up confusion What well, the bini Yeshua says is that there are things uh, i'll give you his language so you can um so you can have it uh, precisely um what he says is that there are things in the Torah. Um, Ezra Sofer fixed things in the Torah. So you'll know this is a you know grave debate in Rashi about the places where Rashi says Tikkun sofrim who's a right, based on the Gemara places where it seems disrespectful to God. Um, so how do we understand that? Could Ezra really change the Torah? Does it just mean the Torah is written on the presumption that you would make this change in meaning? The uh, Ben Yeshua, as understood by Rav Moshe, it that seems to be correct, but thinks that Ezra, in fact, had the capacity to edit the Torah to prevent misunderstandings. Um, right? If the Pasuk says, kodem so if you read the pasuk, it sounds like the nistaros are for Hashem forever, but we know there's beemes isapluksibirutor of Nehemia in Perik Vov of the Sanhedrin. Shav pasuk zayinakipshutu. I in Sham Mash Rashi right, explaining what the boundaries of the of the machlokas are. Lach imyavoi lior viyamod Moshe Rabbeinu uh, alaf Hashalom l'tchiya v'gam Ezra viyamar Moshe l'Ezra l'lamalotikanta betikun sofrim hachkra sholitos. So Moshe says to Ezra, why didn't you change the text of the Torah so as to prevent this misunderstanding? I write a version of the question that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu asks God, why didn't you change uh, an Adam so people wouldn't think it was a plural? I read, and God says, look, you know, people misunderstand it. Right? But apparently Moshe Rabbeinu didn't um, hold this, but in every case, and so he asked this question to Ezra. And, uh, and Ezra says, look, I put the dot over it, and that way there's no clear uh, there's no clear way of reading the pasuk um, again, um, and therefore you can't use the pasuk to make an obvious mistake. You have to pasuk the machlokas whichever way, uh, whichever way you want. Uh, right? He says, or or The which is also a famous a famous figure. But Rav Moshe decides that this is impossible. Um, it's not even, um, you can't even enter into the, into, into your thoughts or, right. You're not allowed to say the position that Ezra was allowed to edit the text of the Torah. Um, As always, to figure out like which texts Rav Moshe claims are, are forgeries, which texts he goes to extremes to interpret, so they won't say the things that he thinks are impossible, and who he feels comfortable just saying, look, you know, Shari Lelemari, right? may, God, uh, may God forgive him because he said things. And again, we'll point out the paradox is that all these things Rav Moshe says, have to have been said by, some. in the vast majority of cases we've seen, somebody actually said them, and often we found that famous acronym said them. Uh, but Rav Moshe, nonetheless, feels comfortable um, dismissing them. Um, so I think that's that's all I want to say about uh, this shuva. I guess I should really put in the two points that we, that the reason Ezra comes in as a prominent figure, of course, is because of the various, um, the possibility Ezra changed the script, which Rav Moshe t- uh, talks about, and the ascription of Ezra as causing a re-editing of the text by uh, by majority, um, so there are all sorts of reasons that you could um, argue that Ezra has greater editorial power, but Rav doesn't uh, think any of those are relevant to the question of whether he could have actually changed letters um, on his own. And the truth is that I myself find it a very odd position that Ezra would change a divine text, so I understand Rav Moshe's discomfort. Uh, but again, you know, other people said it, uh, so I would tend to say um, you know, that this is a position that I don't understand how this position is compatible with, the, uh, with my own premises about the nature of Torah, as opposed to saying that this is uh, something which is halachically forbidden. Uh, my teacher, Rav Michael Rosenzweig, has argued that the question of things that, whether things are coherent with Torah as a whole, as for what he, he did it in the context of this tshuva and of Ibn Ezra, uh, if you understand what Eberjah says um, about the Sodeh Shnei Masar, that there are positions that um, at one point in history, one thinks that they could be compatible with the assumptions necessary to sustain Torah, and then over time, it becomes clear that they're not. I uh, talk about the, uh, the Chassam Sofer, about the evolution from Kvara, E'in Mashiach whether you could argue there's no personal Messiah anymore, that in the time of the Gemara, we still call him Rabbi Hillel, for advancing this position, even though the Gemara says Shari LeMarei, and Rav Moshe clearly has that Gemara uh, in mind when he says Shari LeMarei. Uh, Sir so Rosenzweig argued that in the time of the Gemara, it was uh, it was not yet clear that that position was incompatible with the totality of Torah, but that um, by the time um, by the time of Rav Moshe, by the time of some Sofer, it was already it was already obvious that that position was incompatible. Uh, and I have argued, perhaps subversively, that. This should go this should, it should happen the other way as well. That there's you know, if this is correct, maybe there are positions that are deemed kfira in one society because nobody can understand how that position could be compatible with Torah, and then all of a sudden, you know, several hundred years later or whatever, or a different society where the givens of the society, the live options are different, nobody sees a contradiction at all. Uh, I think it's hard to take the position that the movement only goes one way towards the restriction. Of theology as a um, as a you know and, and can't ever broaden the range of theology, but I will leave that uh, to you to think about as well. And again, if you have a different position, a different understanding of that line nami Usur, so that it doesn't relate to a prohibition of taking out a sefer Torah um, unnecessarily or unnecessarily embarrassing the existing sefer Torah that you're reading from, uh, I would love to hear that as well.